Welcome to SOMC Leadership on the Go, the podcast that brings you lifelong learning and leadership development wherever you are. Thanks for joining us today on Leadership on the Go. We are deep into the subject of coaching here on the pod. We have some great guests lined up in this series, and today holds true to that. So hang with us and get ready to engage in this challenging and rewarding topic of coaching. Hello, my name is Brady Carter, and I'm so glad you've joined us today on SOMC Leadership on the Go. Uh, We're working on a very enriching and challenging topic for leaders, and, and that's the topic of coaching. In the world of leadership, there's plenty of conversation that goes on regarding teams and teamwork. And personally, I like to take that concept uh, even further and bring the idea of coaching into play. If we think of teams in sports, we also think of coaches. However, when we think of teams in our workplace, we we don't always make that connection. Uh, And leaders definitely don't always view themselves as coaches. Uh, Even though we'll see our departments as teams, uh, we don't always make that connection to the fact that uh, we would be in that coach role. And I really think there's a missed opportunity for leaders to improve themselves and their teams by taking on that role of the coach. So with that, I'd like to introduce our guest today, who is one of our HR experts here at SOMC, and by default, also a coaching expert. Uh, We have with us for the second time now, reoccurring guest, Steely Jordan. Steely, thanks for joining us again. And even though you've been with us once before, uh, would you care to introduce yourself and what you do, and briefly tell us after that how you would compare a leader to a coach. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for having me back on. Very excited to be here. Um, I'm Steely Jordan, and I'm the manager of employee relations here at SMC. Been here for about two years. And, um, you know, prior to coming here, I worked in workforce development, did some program management, and then I also have my master's degree in adult and higher education. So I spent a lot of time focusing on the coaching and training aspect um, of leaders. So when I think about the difference between a leader and a coach, what kind of really comes to mind, and I saw this recently on a TikTok, which I thought, oh my gosh, as soon as I heard it, this is spot on. It's not about being in charge but taking care of those who are in your charge. And so just shifting that thinking to taking care of the people so that the people can take care of the work. Um, Great coaches and leaders, they're going to know their teams. They know their strengths. They know maybe their um, opportunities for growth and development. They're going to make sure that they have the right people in the right roles. So again, going back to just knowing who you have um, sitting around the table or in those seats and making sure that they're truly in roles that fit their skill set and roles that they can really thrive in. They are aware of what the goals are for their team, and they do a really good job of communicating those goals to a team. Anytime you think of those championship teams, those coaches have really prepared their teams for that. They know what to expect. They've had their scouting reports. They've got their eye on the prize. And that is the same for leaders as well. Um, I think another thing that really stands out to me about the comparison between a leader and a coach, you're going to see constant feedback. And that's both constructive, but also positive. When their teams are doing well, they want them to know they're celebrating those um, those successes and the progress that they're making, and then they're tweaking any areas of opportunity along the way. So there's just constant communication and feedback. And I guess the last part for me is accountability. Every great coach is going to hold all of their players accountable, no matter if you're the best player on the team or you're someone who is, you know, 
you maybe you don't get a lot of minutes in the game, but you're still being held accountable, just like the starters. And a leader should be doing that as well. So no matter what role the team member plays, they are being held accountable. They're being held to a high standard and everyone kind of feels that from the leader. I think those are some fantastic comparisons. Uh, just a couple things. One, I didn't know that much about your background, uh, but it does sound like you are uh, uniquely positioned to help people uh, with this concept, with your experience and uh, and some of your learning there. So uh, even more glad that we got you on the pod. And then just, I guess, my takeaway from what you said there, I, I just see a lot of investment from that leader or coach and where we spend our time and where we focus our efforts uh, is where we're going to see kind of that payoff and and really talking about that very important, I don't know how, how to put it, but very important aspect of what we do being the people uh, and being Absolutely. the team. So um, I appreciate that. This has been a great start. Let's keep it rolling. You've done a really good job in talking about the similarities, the comparisons between a leader and a coach. And I want to talk a little about something that I alluded to earlier in that leaders are either hesitant to see themselves as coaches or even if they're aware of that concept, uh, it feels like oftentimes we're hesitant to function as a coach. So could you talk a little bit about why this is often the case? Definitely. Um, you actually kind of spoke to what comes to mind, which is it is an investment. It is a, a huge time investment. It is um, a labor of love, if you will. Um, it takes a lot of time and attention to provide individualistic leadership to your team members. Everyone is going to need something different from you. Um, it also can at times probably seem like, man, you know, I've got all of these things on my calendar, all of these things on my to-do list. Do I really have that 30 minutes to spend with this team member developing a skill set or, or addressing an issue? And really, that's where we want to, to focus our efforts, because if you are investing in your team, then your team's cup is full and then they can invest in high quality work. But it, like, like you said, you know, it is an investment. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of intention and it's ongoing. There is no stopping point. You, I mean, it's just one of those things you're constantly doing and it can be really overwhelming or draining at times, but it's so worth it. The other piece that I think is really a deterrent sometimes um, is to think about the accountability piece. Great coaches and leaders are holding their teams accountable. And sometimes that's not always, you know, that type of feedback isn't always welcomed from your team. And so you'd like to focus on things that aren't so people-centered, task lists and things like that. But really, again, if you're focusing on the people, the task will take care of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You really got me thinking there, you know, talking about the individual and talking about where they might fall in this this list of competing priorities, this task list, whatever it may be. Um, and I, I think we are quick to put uh, people or coaching opportunities as um, maybe less of a priority when that task list is growing. But I, I do truly believe that if we lean into investing, you know, like you've talked about, uh, in the individuals on our teams, uh, in the roles that they're in, like you've talked about putting them in the right space. Uh, we may even see that that task list uh, for ourselves begin to shrink a little bit um, and, and be able to focus on uh, more impactful things, um, you know, uh, that have, have maybe more to do with, with our role. While it is an investment, while it is a temptation to move it down the list, 
I, I think the return that that you're talking about here of the work that you're talking about uh, is much greater than just continuing to do it all yourself or to put that uncomfortable investment off. So I, I appreciate that. Absolutely. I'd like to actually throw in too, um, one of the things, you know, doing just some reading and, and my own research and reading through Vicki Knoll's blog series, um, specifically on coaching, one of the subjects that she focused a lot on for several different blogs was building trust. And that investment in those folks in building trust, that's how you get folks on board when you have to make tough decisions, or we have to rally everyone together, or there's you know, we're going to ask for a greater commitment from our team. They're ready to get behind a leader that they trust and a leader that they know has invested in them and they want to, you know, give back to that leader and and support them in making that shift or, you know, hunkering down under something that might not be great, but hey, we all have to do our part and they're going to be more willing to do their part. Absolutely. Really appreciate you mentioning the blog series here. That's that's really inspiration behind the podcast itself, um, you know, we've gleaned a lot from it. Uh, and, and then just to your point about teams and, and trust, you you won't find probably a greater indicator of whether or not this team's going to be successful than uh, if people on the team trust each other and, and trust that leader or coach. So, so this has been wonderful. Again, um, th- this really gives leaders an opportunity to make an impact directly uh, from from their uh, position on the team. So as we've discovered, leaders may not be fully sold on the idea of functioning as a coach. However, we believe if they do, there will be big returns that we've talked about. And and so let's talk about a couple of those. First, uh, could you discuss the leader? If a leader begins to frame their work through the lens of being a coach, uh, what results might they see? Definitely. I think coaches are strategists. And so when the leader shifts their thinking into that coaching mindset, you are putting all of the pieces together. So you're selecting the best team. You've got great communication. You are invested in that problem solving. Things are coming up and and you're ready to kind of resolve that issue and, and get the team involved in creating solutions. You're developing your people And the more you develop them, the more they can do on their own. And so that creates a lot of autonomy within your team. Conflict resolution is another big one. So addressing things quickly and head on and, um, again, involving the team, they're going to trust your guidance. They're going to understand, hey, that that feedback is coming from a good place. And so it's building the coach's confidence and having those conversations as well. They're also going to be incredibly consistent. And that's something that goes back to building trust and respect within your team. Um, And something big here that we talk about all the time is high-performing teams. When you are in that coaching mindset and it feels developmental and it feels like you are investing in your people, they want to perform well for you. They are bought in to the goals of the team. And so those are definitely some quick, easy returns on investment that the leader should see once they have that coaching mindset. Yeah, and and I, I think you touched on a a good bit there in terms of um, what what the leader would take away, and also what the team uh, would take away from that. Would would there be anything you would elaborate on further for the returns the team itself feels when a leader uh, turns their attention, kind of how you put it at the beginning of this podcast, from uh, I hope I don't butcher it, being in charge. How was it again? 
So not being in charge, but taking care of those in your charge. Yeah. So when 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 we've made that transition, um, what what will the team feel? How will the team be impacted? So there's this two-sided piece of your high performers. They love that. They're going to be bought in. They're ready to rise to the occasion. On the flip side of that, underperformers are folks who are not bought in. They don't have a hiding place because that that leader is coaching and they're engaged and they're you know addressing these things quickly, and that in itself is such a motivator and something that really um, can enhance the morale for your team. Knowing that hey, people can't hide under the radar if they are underperforming. I've already kind of mentioned just the buy-in. Your the the teams are going to have some buy-in for whatever those goals are and be able to quickly pivot. Um, I think that agility is something that we probably don't talk about a lot in the workplace, but it's so important because at any time things can change. I mean, COVID is a great example of that. And you really want your team to be agile enough to quickly adjust to changes in, you know, healthcare or in our workplace or goals or whatever. And I think that when you're coaching, your team is also always looking for opportunities where they can improve or contribute more. Um, they are quick to bring concerns forward to you because they believe, hey, you're focused on that. We talk about these things all the time. Here's something else I'm seeing. Let's let's fix this. Let's work on this, which um, speaks a lot to you know how we come up with our a better way projects. So your team is actively just engaged and invested in their own growth and success, which again, kind of goes back to when you're taking care of your people, your people take care of the work. And I mean, that is just how they're going to see it um, at their level is just that excitement to come into work and to do a great job. And then at the leadership level, you're, you're seeing the fruits of your labor. Well, this is wonderful and, and just super insightful stuff. This is the work of the leader. Um, you know, you we've talked about, we we have our task list, we have our um, priorities, things of that nature. But if it's not this type of work um, that separates a, a leader from somebody who just who just gets things done or whatever it may be is just productive, um, then I, then I don't know what it would be. I, I think I think this is is why we do what we do. So I appreciate what you've shared. I think you've given everyone uh, an opportunity to make an impact on their team, make an impact on themselves. And, and so I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We'll probably have you back as you've uh, as you've seen already. All right, listeners, thank you again for joining us. What another wonderful opportunity this has been for us and all of you. Uh, in this series, maybe more than ever, you've been given the tools to improve yourself. I hope you start there and see the benefits that follow. See you next time. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed this additional outlet of SOMC's leadership culture, please like and subscribe to receive future episodes. And lastly, if you have a topic you'd like to see discussed on this podcast, please send us an email at somcontheco at somc.org. Thanks for listening today, and we hope to see you again next time.